Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I am so excited about our content today. If you're new to the show, we're in a season where we're unpacking American education. Be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the system, getting started on the parent-directed journey, interviews with new and lifelong homeschoolers, and a whole lot of research that I hope will equip and inspire you for the road ahead. We've been talking for the last few months about the 12 toxic traits of the public school environment and how parents can break free from the system. As John DeLargato said, government monopoly schools are structurally unreformable. They are doing exactly what they're designed to do. Parents, we don't need to mend them. We need to end them. You can break free and we can help. Today, we're interviewing an amazing homeschool mom, Elena Trish, who has not only just this fire about homeschooling that I'm so excited for you to hear about, but is also one of our Awaken Academy teachers. And she brings with her a creative energy, insight, innovation that is really unparalleled. So Elena, we are so excited to have you on the show with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Elena. Well, tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey. What inspired you to step out and take on this new educational adventure? Well, you know, when Excuse me. When COVID first came onto the scene in 2020 and all of the public schools shut down, I I actually remember feeling angry. Um, I think like most moms who are sort of caught up in that high stakes rat race of the public school system, I thought I had the market cornered on stress. Um, I even had a fibromyalgia diagnosis to prove it at the time. And so I thought, how dare you turn my kids back to me? Um, You know, and what's really insane to me now is that I bought into the narrative of motherhood that our culture so effectively sells to us, right? Um, I can't wait until Monday when I can drop all of my children off for someone else to deal with because this is my sacred me time or I've earned it and momming is hard. And it's really important to me that I include that less than flattering part of our story in there because stress these days is really its own pandemic. And I want every parent whose main objection to bringing their children home um, is that it's too overwhelming or too stressful to know that that narrative is not only an absolute lie, but it's ironically just the opposite. It's that lack of connection And that lack of a very solid and rooted bond that comes from discipleship through home education that perpetuates that high anxiety and disconnected style of parenting that would make anybody feel like parenting is just too much. Um, So, yeah, we've learned we've now learned that with children, we've got to connect before we direct. And so kind of circling back to the question in 2020, the school shut down and they essentially put a big return to sender stamp on my kids' foreheads. And it was the greatest gift they could have given me. 
I sprung into action and I thought, okay, if I'm going to be your teacher, I'm going to need to kind of assess you and figure out where we're at. And so I remember writing the word cat on a piece of paper. And I asked my then first grader to read the word to me. And he just, he became so anxious. He was almost visibly sweating. And he threw up his hands and he walked away saying, please, mom, I just don't know what it says, okay? Just don't make me read it. Mm. And I remember thinking, wow, even with those super thick worksheet packets that they send home for us to do every week, Mm. you still can't read this word. So clue number one, that this is not a developmentally appropriate model, right? right? That's right. And I got the best advice from my dear friend, McKenna Hamilton, who she attended Awaken Academy in Eastlake before I had ever heard of it. And she was really the only homeschooling mother I knew right at the start of all this. And she told me no worksheets, no essays. He's a first grader. (laughs) He needs to be captivated by stories, read rich children's literature to him and don't stop and explain everything. He can orally narrate back to you what you've read Our primary concern at this point is to protect his love of learning and his right to an age-appropriate education. Well, this amazing woman, I literally consider her a missionary sent into the lives of public school moms like I was to rescue them from public school. Um, And, um, you know, before that fruit of public school sets in, depression, anxiety, overcharged and premature sexuality, the list goes on. And so McKenna invited me to come into her home one week and to watch her homeschool her two boys from start to finish. And I was really surprised at the beauty and simplicity of it. And I think a part of me still thought, well, your kids are just (laughs) well-behaved. I don't really know that this would work with my kids, but, you know, I thanked her for the experience and was kind of getting ready to leave. Well, the next thing I know, she's inviting herself over to my house to demo everything she had done with her boys on my boys. And... The next thing I know after that, she's shipping $200 worth of children's books Mm. and classic children's literature and poetry to my house with a note that says, you can do this. And now I'm thrilled to report that that reading timid little first grade boy is not only a thriving third grader, um, he's he still happily listens to adventurous read alouds like Robin Hood and his Merry Men. Um, from the comfort of our couch with his dog on his lap. And he is reading almost three grade levels amazing. above his assigned grade level. Uh, amazing. And so that was kind of um, this long aha moment for me. At number one, this public school model is absolutely developmentally inappropriate. Yes, yes. Those worksheet packets that I spent hours a week you know, frustrated, Eli, you're not getting up until you finish this worksheet because I'm over here being puppeteered by the public school system. And no, I'm reclaiming my right as his mother to assess him. He's an individual. What does he need? And, you know, come to find out what he needed was to be captivated by stories. And that meant mom reading to him when maybe his peers were already reading it themselves. And now here he goes skipping three grade levels and and loving every minute of it. 
That is unbelievable. We could end the show right there. That was so (laughs) incredible. What a powerful testimony. And I just love the revelation you've had about being puppeteered by the public school system. Absolutely. It is. It's a narrative that parents buy into. Elena, we hear it all the time. Moms will tell me, I'm not capable of teaching my own children. I hear that so often. And then we look at the data and it's, it doesn't even matter if you graduated from high school as a mom, you're still going to do better than a kid who sits in a traditional education environment under a quote state certified teacher. I mean, this method works. And so to hear, I think one of the greatest freedoms is this individualized education. It's so funny because, you know, as a, as a teacher for 20 years, we heard that all the time. We, you know, we were told your classroom should be individualized. Well, there's no way when you have 35 kids, you can individualize education. That's just an absolute myth. And so as homeschoolers, we have this opportunity to really target how our kids learn, what our kids learn. You know, I remember yes. when my son was little, and I think I've shared the story on our radio show before, but how we put him in a private school because in kindergarten, we thought that's what you do. I had no right. exposure. And I felt, I, I share in the book, Outsourced, how I felt about it. Like it felt like something was wrong, but I thought I'm just yes. overreacting. This is a normal thing that moms do. You send your kid to, you know, to school all day with a stranger. This is so normal. Right. But he came home and I started to see that fruit right away. He was, or he was, a, he loved learning. And all of a sudden in, in the traditional kindergarten environment, he didn't like learning anymore. He wasn't excited yes. anymore. And so being being able to pull him out, homeschool him for 12 years and see what a difference that makes when we can tune into, you know, really we have our pulse on the heartbeat of our kids yes. and how they learn best and what, not only that, but I think to just being a parent who can hear what God's speaking to your children, you can partner with that and you can literally train them up. So powerful. What a powerful yes. intro. Wow. That was just the first question. What were, what were, what have been maybe some of the family dynamics or the way that homeschooling has already changed you, your family, your children? What are some of the changes you already see in your home? Okay. I love this question because this is something I get asked a lot, actually, and something I just discussed with my sister-in-law. Um, and, and she literally asked the same question. How has the family home life changed and the dynamics Um, But I love it so much because it's one of those things that I think is really important to be honest about among moms. Um, So many moms live under this comparison trap or just this idea that the grass is greener on the other side. Um, I remember scrolling Instagram as a new mom almost 10 years ago, and I would feel so discouraged when I would read captions like hashtag motherhood. This is what I was born to do. And I thought... I don't feel that way. Is something wrong with me? Mm. I I don't have postpartum depression or do I? I I don't (laughs) feel this way. Or or they would say, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I would just think to myself, um, I know that at any given time, I don't know what I'm doing as a mother. And I'm always overwhelmed. And I live for the occasional moments when a family member would offer to babysit just so I could have a break. Mm. And I think what it all boils down to, I've thought about this a lot um, for so many moms like me, is that we've taken in all the wrong input from culture and the world and none of the right input. If we maybe didn't have those healthy examples of home life or motherhood, or for some of us, we weren't raised in a Jesus centered context. And so, of course, we're left with this imposter syndrome, whether we can articulate that that's what it is or not. And so... 
you know, I'm not really a mom like she is. Mm. I might be a biological mom, but she really nails motherhood. Wow. I don't. And and so what's the outcome? Motherhood is this one big anxiety producing beast that we kind of retract from. Mm. And we might be physically present, but if we don't know how to do motherhood, we're present, but we're not available. So this is what I like to tell people. Homeschooling taught me to be a mother. Mm. And I will stand by this statement with every ounce of passion I can muster until my last breath. Uh, Why? Because it provided a context for me um, in which to operate, right? Mm. So once we began homeschooling, I wasn't just awkwardly, haphazardly checking in on the kids' well-being here and there, making sure they looked happy enough. I had a framework that I could mentor and disciple them in. Um, Our curriculum includes a lot of citizenship readings from books like Little Pilgrim's Progress and 50 Famous Stories Retold. And so suddenly I'm riding this wave of having rich and deep conversation with my five and six year old boys about false virtue incredible, and misguided loyalties. And I can barely say this without tearing up, but I came alive and my kids relished in this mother who was now very obviously so dialed into them Mm -hmm. and to their responses in our conversations about these readings. Um, So just by replacing that imposter syndrome mentality in that thought of, I don't really know what to do with my kids, you know, besides occasionally taking them to do fun stuff. um, And now it was this reality of, I can see now that I am the woman for this job because I have the tools I need to even know how to approach this. I can teach my kids. And at the end of the day, especially at these younger ages, all I really need are quality books and organic conversations. And my kids were so willing. They surprised me. They were so willing to engage and let their opinions be known. And then for me to challenge them on their opinions And they would start to learn to defend their little positions, you know, Mm, and our family dynamic is now more structured because Mm. I have something to structure it around. And and now one of the greatest changes that has been made in our home life is that I feel empowered with these reference points when issues come up. So we do our assigned Old Testament readings and I can refer back to instances in the Bible when issues come up within our family. And it sort of gives us that perfect launching point to move forward as Um, as a family and and digesting these situations that come up. And sometimes I refer back to other readings from our homeschool work and it just really helps to connect for the kids. It's, it's a gift to anyone who would say, well, I'm just going to try my best at this parenting thing and, you know, kind of hope it all shakes out. No, we can do so much better than that. And then of course, just that slower pace of life that comes with homeschool. It's such a gift to the entire family because No one likes that mom I become when we've got public school at 8 a.m., by the way, too early for little kids to be waking up. That's right. And we're rushing out the door into these crazy carpool lines and the kids are complaining about the developmentally inappropriate seven and a half hour school day in front of them. And I'm snapping at them Mm -hmm. so I don't get in trouble from the school. And um, and I'm, you know, wanting them to hurry out of the car because the car next to me is honking. And again, it's that belief that they're my puppeteer, they're my master. And it's the belief that I have to answer to a government hired person about my child. If my child went to Wednesday night service the night before at church 
and he needs that extra 45 minutes to sleep in because we came home later and we had to eat dinner still, then no one is going to tell me that my child can't have that. But at the time I believed it. And right. so it's that great freedom of knowing I'm his mom. He needs that extra sleep. We made the good choice to invest him in the church community. And now I'm going to make the good choice to give him that extra sleep in the morning wow. um, so that he can have that more restful time. So just that dynamic of me reclaiming ownership, my husband and I saying, mm -hmm. and um, beside that, just feeling like um, it's not that rush, whatever environment we want to set for our children, that's what goes, what mom and dad says. Phenomenal. Wow, Elena. So your whole entire family, your mindset, your home culture, everything Absolutely. has shifted and it's given you a whole new sense of purpose and direction, intentionality as yes. a parent. So incredibly powerful. Elena, what talk with us a little bit about how the academy model functions with you as a homeschool parent. How do you balance, you know, one of my goals, obviously, in setting up academies across the county of San Diego is having that healthy balance balance of peer interaction, but parent directed education. So many other models and many traditional educational models, there's a peer orientation that is very subversive that, um, that disorients the child to the true nature of orientation, which should be the parent. So how do you, how do you balance that out? What do you like about the Academy model? How does that work for you? I like to document our homeschooling journey a lot on social media. And so I'll get a lot of, you know, direct messages or comments about, so it looks like they're taking a lot of classes. Uh, is that is that their school? I thought you also homeschooled or how does that work? The, the way that we our family sort of approaches that is that at Awaken Academy, um, you know, we offer core classes and then we also offer enrichment classes. And so I think because I tend to be a pretty academic person, um, I do like to keep the reins on their core classes. So I'm the one doing math at home. I'm doing their social studies. I'm doing, you know, language arts and science. Um, but what I love the academy for is those enrichment classes. So I do teach natural science at home, but then they get to go into their crazy science class. And it's this teacher who is on fire about science and who brings all of the messy, fun, sticky stuff that yes. I would never dream of wanting to do in my kitchen. Right. Oh, we not only get to blow up a volcano, but it's someone who really takes joy in watching us do that. And so I lean on the Academy as my partner, where um, I'm kind of steering the ship of my yes. children's education. Yes. But then they're coming in as honestly just a blessing and so saying, great. Hey, I know your oldest really loves science. He would do really well in my class. I remember having this one teacher in particular uh, last semester, and I had said, well, okay, we're going to take classes at the academy twice a week up until lunchtime, and that's a good time to go home and finish, you know, some light homeschooling for the day. But this one male teacher just really clicked with my oldest son, and he was just such an inspiration, Mr. White. And I can remember um, he approached me one day as I was getting ready to leave. And it really shocked me because he is a, a mild-mannered gentleman. And he said, Miss <laughs> Elena, I would love to talk to you about Eli being in my class. I know you guys leave after lunch, but I have a science lab class. He's technically not old enough to be in the class by one year. But 
I see him peeking in when you kind of stay behind talking Love to other it. parents. And he said, he just lights up. I know that this would be a great class for him. I just want to invite you to consider that. Well, I can't say no. Right. And I can't say no to a teacher who is so invested right. in my my child right. and just knowing like, wow, he really is a science kind of kid. And so I enrolled him in the class and the way that he just thrives in that environment, it was beautiful to see. And I feel that I can exhale knowing I'm not sending him to public school where he's right. learning about evolution, right? where he's learning about, honestly, where some of the teachers downright contest his Christian Absolutely. beliefs on Absolutely. certain things, yes. which I don't appreciate out of my presence. Right. 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 Um, and so it, it's it's a godly man who I trust, whose worldview I know right. is trustworthy. Yeah. And it's it's these teachers that and, and this is not to say anything about public school teachers in general. I know that they're forced to work within the paradigm they have as well. But it's this teacher who's saying, you know, why I'm here is because I want to be that buffer between children and having to go back to public school because there's no other options. Yeah. And so it's a teacher saying, I want I want this academy to work. I need right. this academy to work because right. I know at the at the time, Mr. White had a, um, a, a bun in the oven. His wife had a bun in the oven. And so he's thinking. I need this academy to succeed because my son's going to be yeah, born right. and I need it to be here for him. So right. um, the quality classes that are offered, the enrichment classes, is just something that's a bonus for my kids. And then, you know, we're coming home on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we're doing sort of um, the the bulk of the homeschooling that I have okay. for them. Beautiful. So it's just that perfect compliment for us. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yes. Doing life together. Our children are being invested in by people we trust, people we believe in, people who are not going to undermine everything yes. that we're being taught in the home. In the last 30 seconds or so, give us some recommendations for beginning homeschoolers. What do you tell beginning parents who are just starting out on the journey? What should they do first? Um, what I like to say is talk to as many homeschooling mothers as you can. You're going to get a different curriculum recommendation from every mother. Um, I, I do like to recommend Ambleside's curriculum for those with boys because it's very adventurous and literature based. But ultimately, you just get started. Even if YouTube is your crutch and you're pulling up lessons, you will find your way if you remain in community. Phenomenal. Elena, what a joy to have you on the show today. Listeners, be sure to check out what's happening here in San Diego County at awakenacademysd.com and cvcu.us. And if you're a pastor in San Diego, please DM me for help on getting your church active in the homeschool realm. We need all churches working together to be part of the rescue mission. Again, thank you, Elena. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks again for joining me on today's show. I'll be back next week with more of our toxic trade analysis and what you can do to break free of the system. I'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at drlisadunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E.com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.